Hi, everybody. My name is Dr. Stephen Clark Bradley. Very happy to have with me today Mr. Nick Loeb. And uh, he has directed the movie that's upcoming called um, Roe v. Wade, which is a movie that will explain the background of what took place when that evil law was passed, giving women a right to kill their children. So wonderful to have you today, sir. And I'm so glad for you to join us. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. And I have some questions here that I'm going to be asking you. But yeah, great. Thank you. Thank you so. Thank you so much for having me and uh, um, and talking about the film. Uh, shoot, I mean, I, I think it's maybe best if you you know shoot and ask some questions. Well, I'm very excited about it to have you because I think there's a lot of uh, information in the background of this movie. I have some personal questions about how you felt making the movie, and I have some questions about the movie itself. My first question would be. Um, Please tell us about your personal views and convictions regarding abortion. Uh, well, I'm pro-life. Uh, I didn't know I wasn't always pro-life. Um, you know, I um, very similarly to the to the protagonist in the film. You know, I started my my journey in life as being pro-choice. Uh, I was I'm 45. I was raised in a I think a time where people were taught when a woman gets pregnant. Um, it's just a clump of cells really until a baby kicks. And so I didn't really know. Um, and so through my journey, I, uh, I converted probably in my thirties. And, uh, and so I'm adamantly pro-life today. Wonderful. Well, that's obvious by the movie you made because I don't think anyone who didn't have a pro-life view could ever attempt to make a movie like that. It's a very powerful. And uh, when does the movie come out? Officially? Comes out April 2nd on uh, Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, uh, on demand. Okay, wonderful. I want everybody to go out there and watch this movie. Even if you're pro-life, pro-abortion, it might change your mind and show you what you're trying to do here. Maybe you're ignorant of the fact. And our friend Nick Loeb here has given us a reason to go out and go to a movie. Um, also, I'd like to ask you, what about this powerful movie motivated you and drove you the most? Because I mean, there has to be something that really pushed you as, as a director. <clears throat> I, I thought it, it was a, I mean, listen, a Roe v. Wade is the most famous court case in American history. I'm, I'm a filmmaker and uh, I've been in the film business for 25 years. I was surprised that Hollywood had never made a movie about, a, a real movie about Roe telling really the truth and the history of how came to be and how it happened and how it was decided, especially since everybody in the country has heard of it. And I think what drove me is the, you know, the more I read about the case and the more I read about the people involved, I was sort of fascinated and with the lies and the manipulation, the conspiracy, you know, it almost, you know, come on into like a, an Oliver Stone, JFK type, you know, conspiracy movie to me. And I thought that was, you know, not only, um, you know, fascinating, but I thought it would be, you know, at least fun and entertaining for, for audiences, uh, as well as align with my point of view. Wonderful. Yeah. And I, I, I would think that, you know, you've made a lot of movies and you've done this, like you said, for 25 years, I would think that, um, making a movie like Roe v. Wade had to be a different feel for you as you were going through it, as you were putting it together. Can you kind of give us an idea of, you know, how it was different making this movie compared to other movies that you've made? Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, you know, first of all, it was, uh, it was a historical piece, and it was a historical piece of such controversy um, that we, we needed to make sure we were accurate. 
uh, on everything. And so, you know, typically in a historical film, there are some creative licenses uh, that, that people take that you have to in making a film. Uh, you know, because of the controversy of Roe and the polarization of the case, we knew we really couldn't take any of that. So we literally, like, even to the point of, like, we even put up on our website what was called, we call it a fact check sheet. So if you see a scene in the movie and, like, no way they made that up and they must have taken creative license, you can go to our website, robywademovie.com, and look at the fact check sheet and read the scene and see the source. And so, you know, even, even the majority of dialogue, you know, is taken word for word, whether it's from letters or books or speeches or conversations or interviews. I mean, we, you know, that was, you know, very carefully and meticulously done um, because of we, we were going to be subject to criticism. And so that was really different, um, you know, almost making a documentary, but it really, a, you know, a feature film, um, and then having to weave a story uh, of this massive case in, I mean, there was hundreds of people involved in this and really having to sort of pare it down into just a handful um, was also very challenging. Mm, I can imagine that. Well, on another note related to the movie, I love Dr. Alveda King. I think she is one of my living heroes. Now you are too, to make a movie like that. You're, <laughs> you're a living hero for me, seriously. Thank you, I appreciate I that. Mean, with all my heart, that's not just hype, that's the truth, because your goal is to save children's lives, right? I think one day when you get to heaven now, you're going to have a bunch of these kids come up and give you big hugs. And Alvita King, all of us who have done this to save the lives of unborn children, unborn Americans at that. So... Dr. Alveda King is the niece of civil rights leader, Martin Luther King Jr., right? Is that correct? That's correct. And she's a and she's a also producer the executive producer, right? She's one of our executive producers, and she also has a small cameo in the movie. Oh. I mean, I, every time she comes on, she's got to be one of the most joyful people I've ever seen. I mean, she Have you never, seen a movie yet? No, no, not in the movie, but I've seen her in so many other situations. Okay, but have you seen the movie yet? Not yet. I tried to find it, but okay. I couldn't get to watch well, it. Well, she, she plays, she has a small cameo role, and she plays the mother of Dr. Mildred Jefferson in the movie. Oh. In a scene, which is really which is a really cool scene. Wonderful. That's great. She's an amazing person. So what was it like working with her, you know, getting the movie ready for the production and everything, and also during the movie? I would like to know what, I mean, she's a joyful woman. She's always got a smile on her face. I'd love that. So what was it like <laughs> with that lovely person? So Alvita, I mean, Alvita was great. Uh, she truly helped a lot of, uh, you know, prep for the film and, you know, help raise money and <laughs> get the word out. Um, she was great on set. She came down. I think she had a, I think one or she had probably two or three scenes um, that she we had to shoot. I think we ended up cutting some some of um, some of the scenes that she was in. Not had nothing to do with her, but. It, it, we just had to really tighten and shorten the movie. Uh, but she did she did great. It was really fun to work with her on set. I mean, she's very courageous. I mean, she comes from a family that is, I think, unfortunately, Martin Luther King's movement has been eroded, eroded and corrupted, but not for her. And I think mostly for the King family, not so. So it was a beautiful thing to see that she was really involved in that. One other question similar to that, John Voight. I love John Boyd. He's a living hero for me too. I mean, the man has no fear. He's fearless. He's courageous. 
even though he's a, he's the father of Angelina Jolie, as we know, and she makes very different movies than he does, but he's a really an amazing man. What was it like working with him? You know, yeah, I mean, it was great. I mean, he came, he, you know, what was interesting is John showed up to set uh, super prepared. Uh, I would say more prepared than most to the point where he said, you know, um, Nick, did you know, so he played Chief Justice Warren Burger. So he said, Nick, did you know Warren Burger did this? And did you know Warren Burger? I said, yes, John, I wrote the guy, no, he did this. And so yeah, I think he was trying to quiz me to make sure that I did my research. <clears throat> he thought, you know, because he did his. And so, he, you know, he already knew all about the character. He wanted to feel like the character, look like the character. And it was extremely professional. And it was great to work with somebody that, that was so professional and cared so much about the character. Yeah, he seems like a very faithful man. I watch all his movies. I think he's a great man. And uh, that must have been a great, I mean, I would find that an amazing experience to work with two people like those two we just mentioned. Beautiful. Now, as I was going through as reading about the movie and the, you know, the reasoning for making the movie, I came to the idea, tell me if I'm right or wrong, that Roe v. Wade appears to be a movie that is about the secret motivations that forced the Warren court, um, you know, and others to actually make it legal. And then what things were driving the justices as they, as they- I mean, at the time it was the women's, it was essentially the women's rights movement was driving. And it really, you know, the, the media and the women's rights uh, movement had a tremendous influence on the courts. Uh, you know, similarly today uh, with how you see the media pressure courts um, and decisions. And so, it, it, you know, the, the women's rights movement at the time was so overwhelming and uh, so powerful. And um, it literally just led the justices to make, you know, decisions that really had nothing to do with the constitution. Uh, and, and you'll see in the movie and how they came to the decisions that they made and who was involved in the conflicts of interest that were involved. And I think, you know, even justices, even liberal justices today, um, like uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, who's passed away. But, you know, even she's come out and said, although she's happy with the outcome of Roe, she doesn't agree with how it was decided, you know, illegally. And it was Roe v. Wade's bad law. Um, and I think you'll see that in the film. And I think, you know, hopefully this film will lead to an outcry um, to, re to rehear the case, to redo the case. I mean, um, They've already, I mean, and you'll realize when you see the film, they've already redone it once. They've already reheard the case once, so why not let's rehear it again for a third time? Yeah, that's right. We should do that, absolutely. No matter how many times it takes. Yeah, and um, I was thinking, you know, there must be um, an outcry in Hollywood that this movie's coming out. Have you faced any outcries from, you know, any any abuse from your colleagues? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, we've—I mean, a tremendous amount of abuse from from some of the media and the periodicals today, um, uh, and some of the big organizations in, within Hollywood. Um, I, I can't, you know, other than the media that's already been out there, like the Daily Beast, who invaded our set and stole a script and attacked one of our one of our crew people, and then completely lied about it all. Um, Unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean. If, so, I, you know, other than that, I mean, there are some things that I'll come out later and tell you. Um, but right now, you know, trying to keep my head down and get the movie out, uh, yeah, um, you know, so we don't get canceled, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I was like, I was, I've got written down here a question. I, I, do you foresee upcoming persecution from actors and other progressives in in the Hollywood and in the movie industry? Give us a couple examples. I mean, you're already seeing. <laughs> I mean, you're already seeing that. Uh, you're already seeing. I mean, persecution. If you know, not necessarily if you're a conservative. Um, you know, I like to tell. I like to tell people that. Um, yeah, there are a lot of conservatives. Look, John works in Hollywood, and um, you know there are a lot of conservatives that work in Hollywood and do well. I, I think th there is no challenge of that. I think there there really is. There's only two things you can't be in Hollywood. You can't be pro life, and you can't be pro Trump. Um, and I think those are the two things that are really devastating if you're really outspoken about it. Now, John has gotten away with it. Um, uh, the pro-Trump side. He's never spoken about the life issue. And the majority of actors don't. Um, don't really publicly get out there. Uh, the only one I've actually really seen talk about the life issue in really a strong public way constantly is Patricia Heaton. But she did it, you know, after her success. And, you know, and when she does it, she does it in a very subtle, soft way. And she's a woman. So I think she has... Uh, the man, there's no way a man could ever in Hollywood talk about um, being pro-life um, and survive in Hollywood. Um, that speaks uh, a lot about the situation our country's in, does it not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, listen, it's, it's I mean, I, I think I think I find it a little ironic. Um, it's sort of like reverse McCarthyism, right? I mean, uh yeah. You know, the communists, you know, we were all silenced, uh, you know, and and not allowed to work and everything during the 60s. Uh, and now it's happening to conservatives. So, I, you know, it's it's interesting, you know, it, and, and the hypocrisy of Hollywood is is, is amazing. Uh, you know, especially the fact that they want everyone to be more open minded and more accepting as, but only accepting if you believe in what they believe in. They, you know, they won't accept you if you don't believe in what they believe. Yeah, so. it's like a, we'll be tolerant as long as you agree with us. Yeah, <laughs> that's basically yeah, I, exactly. So I think, you know, I think that is, uh, uh, and I mean, it's funny they don't see the irony in that. But anyway, uh, listen, I think everything will change and flip as it does in history, and things will flip on one side or the other. It is, where America, we're resilient, we'll get through it. I believe that. I believe that. And there's lots of people like you and me and others that won't tolerate it and will, won't shut up. <laughs> we will continue to speak out. And we have to. Um, are you having any issues about getting into cinemas and stuff like that? Have they been closed off to you? Have you been able to line, up, line that up easily? Or Well, cinemas are closed because of COVID. I mean, in the, in the future it won't be, though. That's true. Somewhere we're releasing it. We're releasing in two weeks. The majority of cinemas around the country are still closed, or if they're open, they have very limited capacity. So they'll they'll let twenty people in or something like that. So we're we decided just you know like most films today that are coming out are just streaming. You know we're going to release on Amazon, iTunes, Google Play, and on demand. I'm surprised that the Amazon would even uh, play ball with you on this. Uh, that's kind of encouraging that they would do that because look what they did to Parley or, or Parler. They Parler. Were, yeah. 
Well, I mean, par I mean, it's I mean, par Parlor was hosting, you know, people that were they didn't like the rhetoric and live people. I mean, we we didn't even make a documentary. And, I mean, this is a film. I mean, this is a, a feature movie. So I think it's a much different animal. Um, but listen, I mean, if you go on Amazon, you'll, you'll, I mean, there are still lots of books and lots of movies from conservatives, even people who have been canceled um, <laughs> on the left and on the right. I mean, listen, I mean, you know, you've got, um, you know, there, there's a movie right now that's on Amazon today called Crisis, starring Army Hammer. Hmm. And Army Hammer has uh, been canceled because he's, he's, he's come out, he's a sex offender, rapist, and whatever. He's been canceled, but Amazon still, uh, his movie is still on TV. And half of these people who've been canceled, their, their movies and stuff are still on television. I, I just don't think, you know, they're playing fictional characters and not really being themselves. Um, or they're playing or they're playing real life characters, but they're playing people who are not themselves, essentially. So I think that's that's a different uh, different animal. I mean, they canceled Donald Trump on Twitter, but they kept Ayatollah Khomeini there. So, I mean, the hypocrisy is is so deep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, can you still buy the cat in the hat on Amazon? Yeah, my goodness. Oh, now you've really ruined the show. You went and talked about a dirty book. Cat in the hat. <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I mean, it, they sound yeah, like I, Hitler every day. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, I think Roe v. Wade will be fine. Um, I hope, you know, you'll, you'll um, uh, send all your viewers to go see it. Absolutely. A lot of people, they want to do screenings beforehand, can go to roevwademovie.com and see how to sign up to do a pre-screening. A lot of people are doing, you know, their own screenings in theaters or churches or virtual before that. Um, and uh, I appreciate your time. Yeah. Can I ask you one more question here? Sure. Um, how challenging was it to find funding for the movie as far as getting it? It was, it was very, very challenging. Uh, but, you know, I think that's, you know, that, that's symptomatic of independent films in Hollywood. I mean, independent films are hard to raise money for, period. I, I thought personally that raising money, particularly for this movie, although I couldn't raise it in Hollywood, <clears throat> would, you know, would have been relatively easy being the fact that it, you know, there's, there's such a big pro-life community uh, that would care about this movie. And I actually, I was really surprised that um, I, I had a challenge raising money from wealthy pro-life donors for an actual movie. Um, <laughs> they just don't seem to want to invest in movies. They'd rather invest in galas and documentaries uh, and, and, and things that just preach to the choir and not move the needle on the other side. Uh, and I think that's very disappointing. I think in, in that it speaks larger to a larger problem that we have as conservatives today and why we're losing the fight. <clears throat> you know, we don't, the media is completely controlled by the left. And the reason that, and we have, listen, there's many billionaires on the right as there are on the left, but the billionaires on the right will not invest in media. And so that's our challenge. Unless, unless the billionaires on the right are willing to step up and buy movie studios and buy TV stations and get involved, we're going to continue to lose, lose the fight. Because the fight's in the media today, and the media control everyone. And, you know, I mean, I keep on telling people, you know, <clears throat> Donald Trump 
became president of the United States because of pop culture. He knew how to use pop culture and he did it and he was incredible at doing it and that's how he won. And if, if you don't see that as a conservative, uh, we're gonna be completely lost because Donald Trump was able to reach everybody and, and, and cross the aisle and get people moderates and liberals and people to vote for him or else he wouldn't have won um, and appeal to people from a pop, pop culture perspective, utilizing social media and Twitter and TV and the media and the press and, and we just don't do that. And so unless we continue to do that, unless we start to do that, we're gonna to continue to lose. It's just, it's just, that's just it. You know, the, the one thing that I think is a, a big plus in the movie that you just made, Roe v. Wade, and compared to many of the Christian movies, I like Christian movies, but I have to speak the truth. Some of them come across as quite unprofessional, somewhat boring. You have done a Hollywood-based movie on a spiritual issue, really. And I think that's one of the answers is really producing professional material like you. Right, and I completely agree. The, the problem, again, I'm gonna answer in that, that was our goal. <clears throat> All the films I wanna do are professional Hollywood-type movies with a message that is you know, family-based, spiritual, whatever it is, but not a hit you over the head. I think you, the word you were looking for before was cheesy, yeah. faith-based <laughs> movie. And that nobody wants to see. And I and the problem is, yes, producers will make that, but we need investors to write the check. Yeah. Like I can't just go out and invent that without somebody writing a check to do that. Studios won't do it. Uh, you know, and studios don't understand how to do it. Uh, there's a couple guys out there who understand how to kind of make those make those or do well with some of those movies. But you know, there's a huge audience. It can't just be like two directors out there who know how to do this. Um, you know, and so I, you know, if there, if you have, you know, any, you know, wealthy conservatives listening to your station, write the check, get behind, get behind Amen. real producers and real filmmakers. Um, go buy a production company, a studio. Um, you know, if you if you care about our country. That's so true. Did you hear that out there, America? You know, we might go out there and clamor and say that this is wrong, this is wrong, and we want to change it. We have to invest in it. We have to invest in heroes like this gentleman and others who are willing to go out there and speak the truth because it's precarious to speak the truth today, right? Well, you, you would know more than me, I'm sure, but you're doing it anyway. And so we praise you for that. And we praise the God that drove you to do this. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is any last word before we go? Anything you want to say? No, I, I appreciate it. I hope all, all your audience will go check out uh, robywademovie.com uh, and follow us. And April 2nd, go see the movie. Absolutely. I'll be there. And there's some <laughs> great clips on the internet. I mean, really good ones that will give you a taste of this movie. Go watch them all on YouTube or wherever you can find them. They're excellent. And it will tell you that's a movie that needs to be on your list. God bless you, sir. Thank, thank you. you. God bless you, too. And uh, thank you, Nick Loeb, for being with us. And uh, you're a living hero in our eyes. God bless you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. -bye. Bye.